Come on, boy. What do you say now, boy? What do you say now, boy? I hear someone's feedback. Alton, is your fucking laptop off? Yeah, I wanted to hear it. Turn the fucking off. Turn it off. Turn it off. Come on. All right, Mikey, say something. Alton, say something. Come on, real quick now. Um, you know, happy to be back. Baseball's coming back. You'll have to see that, folks. And uh, you're going to have to take a big old duke in the TV. All right, Matt, say something real quick. Hello, folks. Happy to be here. Holton's is way louder. Mikey, get a little closer. Come on. <laughs> He's literally got the laptop on his lap. How He's close you want to get? All right, it's all good. It's all good. No worries. No worries. Is this better? Do it again. Is this yes. better? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Come on. All right. Ladies and gentlemen. All right, fuck it. I'm going right into it. Wait, hold on. Let's do it. What do I do if my phone dies? You're fucked. It's all good. You'll, okay. Yeah. Th- then just plug your headphones into your computer, into your laptop. They're not going to plug into the laptop. I don't know. Figure it out. And then maybe maybe take a big old duke in the All right. Yeah, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, uh, who's making the sounds? Can you stop with the sounds, <laughs> please? Please. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are happy to be back. It's Uncle Trey and the Big Dog. We have a special guest today. Everybody knows him. Everybody loves him. It's Matt from Hoboken, New Jersey. And he's a great dude. He's a great Mets fan. Ladies and gentlemen, the Yanks absolutely have to suck it. Miguel, the big dog. Come on. And we are going into everyone's favorite segments. We're talking Mets. We're talking Yankees. And we're going to go into the shortened 2020 season award predictions uh, for the MLB, America's pastime. Greatest pastime, some may say. I will say it for certain, ladies and gents. Moving on. Uh, it's going to be a great app. We are starting the season on Thursday. It's going to be a beautiful thing. Everyone loves it. Uh, baseball's back, baby. We're going to see how long it lasts because one player is going to get COVID, then everyone's going to get it, and everyone's absolutely fucked. But that's all good. Big Dog, what do you got to say before we kick off the app? Happy to be here. Uh, a couple of days out from the season. Can't believe we're actually uh, having one, so that's a beautiful thing. Also, just wanted to uh, welcome back Matt from Hoboken, who... Since his last appearance, has become our social media coordinator on Twitter and all forms of social media. So you really love to see that. And uh, excited to get back into this. Let's go. Come on. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to hit you with a little bit of Tommy Rose. Sweet pea. Come on, boy. How you doing? Oh, sweet pea. Come on, boy. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are here. We're talking Mets. We'll talk some Yankees later, but they stank the big old-fashioned fart dookies. So, talking Mets first. Um, of course, the better New York team, you got to start with them, because why else wouldn't you? Um, it's been, you know, quite a, obviously quite a rocky offseason, given the circumstances of the world, the global pandemic that we're in, the... Um, quarantine that hit us for a couple months that we're kind of still facing Donald Trump being a fucking moron uh, literally the single worst person that we could possibly have leading a country in this time it really is unbelievable I can't talk about it enough you could literally have any other politician ever and a fucking global pandemic hits 
And this is literally the worst guy to have because he seemingly cannot make a single correct decision about literally anything. It's almost comical. Everything that he decides is wrong. He does the exact opposite of what you need to do. But either way, we'll let bygones be bygones. And ladies and gentlemen, I'll have to show you. You absolutely have to love it. Uh, Trumpy, I gotta suck it. But the Mets offseason, quite a few things have happened. And we're gonna get into it. But before we start to get into it, we actually have a very special uh, treat for all of our award-winning listeners out there. We're gonna call in uh, Matt from Hoboken. Um, So let me see if I can get Matt on the line. Yep. I'm Matt, very glad to be back. Matt from Hoboken. How we doing? I'm doing great, man. You know, just, you know, trying to to enjoy my summer as best I can in this lockdown. It's been tough for all of us, but we're out here wearing masks and we're social distancing. And, you know, we'll be over it soon and we'll be enjoying some baseball. That's what's the important thing. Absolutely. And you know what they say, it ain't easy being cheesy. Uh... But you know what? We are we're, we're we're cranking through, you know, and we will survive. We we will survive. Um, you know what, Matt? I got a special treat for you specifically. How about you? Uh, I don't think you can come into the studio because me and the big dog are in our own studios. But how about you uh, maybe mosey on down to your own studio and we can get you, you know, equipped with some good headphones and you'll be listening in. You get some good uh, microphone quality and everything. How does that sound? Uh, that sounds that sounds amazing. I've been dying to use my my personal studio, so. Let me get down there. Beautiful. And presto, changeo, boom, how about the studio? Ladies and gentlemen, Matt from Hoboken in his brand new studio in his house. Matt, how does it feel to be in the studio? Man, I love this studio. I haven't used it yet. I've been dying to use it. And I appreciate you guys giving me the opportunity to test it out. Of course. And, uh, you know, like, like everyone, we are all happy to be here. You absolutely have to love it. You absolutely have to suck it. So, Matt. Uh, Big Dog, you could just take a back seat because we're going to be talking some Mets right now, okay? So I know, you know, you want to chime in. You really can't you know, hold your tongue back because you'll have to chime in wherever the fuck you can. But, you know, right now, you could just suck it. So, ladies and gents, Matt, we got a couple things that happened in the offseason. I believe you would agree with that. A um, couple big, big, big signings. Uh, I would say the biggest one, ladies and gents, everybody knows him. Everybody loves him. It is Dylan, a.k.a. Baby Dill Pickles Batances. Um, and that signing was, as Donald Trump, the fucking moron running our country, would say, huge, huge signing. Uh, big time help for the pen, much needed. We know that was a big, uh, point of discussion last year. And to see a guy like that come in, uh, hopefully, you know, providing some immediate impact. I know coming off the injury, but, you know, he's had plenty of time to heal. We've seen what he's been able to do when healthy. And it has been quite the force to be reckoned with. So, Batances, I mean, you got to love that. In addition to that, some other signings we had were, uh, were Waka and Porcello to help out with the rotation and or the bullpen. You know, we'll see where we can slot them in uh, where we can. But, I mean, those three, some big pitching help that I think is uh, going to help bolster our, uh, our arms there. Okay, Batances was definitely uh, the biggest signing, in my opinion. Uh, highest upside, the, you know, the Mets... Arguably, their biggest issue last year was the bullpen. Second biggest was probably their defense. So this definitely addresses the bullpen. Uh, and I think the the big gap between you know when the season's supposed to start and when it is now is going to be the biggest thing for Batances. He's coming off 
a pretty serious injury where he barely played last year. Uh, his velocity was way down back in March. And in the exhibition game the other night, he was hitting 95, 96. Mm-hmm. He's getting closer to what you would expect from a guy like him and what we've seen in the past. Yep. So it's just making sure that his arm's right and he's healthy and he's ready to go. So uh, the back end of our pen could be bolstered. Absolutely. Uh, in yep. terms of Porcello and Waka... Um, Is it Porcello or Porcello? I don't know. I've been saying Porcello for years. So Por- I, I, Porcello. Ricardo Porcello. Yeah, I just go Porcello. It sounds cooler. Um, so his mean, name is not Porcello. We're we're gonna for the rest of time call him Rico Porcello. Ricardo Porcello. <laughs> oh, you gotta you gotta say it with the uh, the nice Italian accent. Ricardo. But I think he he has the chance of making the biggest impact. I mean, we saw a couple years ago. Uh, he won the Cy Young with the Red Sox. Last year, obviously, was not so great. Um, but I think that with, you know, the the difference in schedule, just facing the the uh, teams now, he gets to face, like, the Marlins more. Oh, yeah. I think the Phillies are super overrated, uh, so he'll get to play them a lot. Um, totally. And, you know, he'll just be an innings eater, because there's a good chance that we're going to be getting deep into our pensum games. And I think having an innings eater like Porcello, a guy who could throw a billion pitches a game, totally. uh, will definitely be beneficial for the team. Absolutely. I mean, two nights ago, you saw what he was able to do going uh, fairly deep. He went, um, yeah, five innings in a in a, in a preseason game. You got to like that. 68 pitches. But then he went into the pen and threw another 20 pitches just to build up the count. You know, So he's working up the stamina. And you That's like- right. And I, and I thought that the other night he pitched pretty well, except for that one mistake he made to Clint Frazier, who had a... Absolute bomb off of him. That was it was, a... it was a massive shot. I got I have been known to be a Clint hater. Uh, me and the big dog got into it last year about Clint. Of course. Uh, of course. But I got to tip my cap. Clint Frazier, absolute bomb off Rick Porcello the other night. But uh, other than that, I thought that Porcello pitched a pretty good game, and uh, I'm definitely looking forward to see what he can bring to the team this year. Absolutely. Yeah, he was doing all right. You know, he let up one walk, had uh, let up six hits, you know, three Ks. So, you know, he, it's, it's a reasonable line. Um, and, you know, he, the big thing is he felt comfortable out there. So, you know, aside from that slider that he missed a Frazier, that he absolutely hit a fucking bomb into, uh, into the left field second deck, you know, you got to be liking what you're seeing there. Um, and, again, going, going back to Baby Dill... Uh, Dill Pickles, you know, one of the worst characters to get introduced to the Rugrats. He's just an absolute piece of shit, you know, annoying, uh, really couldn't hold his own. He was too young. He too young to be travesty of a character. Absolute, absolute travesty. An absolute travesty. I mean, Tommy, you really had to watch out for him left and right. He was always getting into trouble and just causing a ruckus. And it's not the kind of thing that you want to see from a Rugrats character. But, you know, either way, um, he's probably second to, to the worst compared to, uh, you know, whatever that little sister that uh, Chucky ended up getting. Uh, what was her name? <laughs> Kimmy, yeah, Kimmy. She, I mean, she just stunk on ice. I hate to see it, but either way, uh, you know, Baby Dill is the guy. He was a all star four years in a row. Two thousand eighteen, still had a friggin' killer season. Um, Tune of a two seventy RA, sixty six games. You know, he went up to sixty six innings. So having a guy like that in the pen is going to be big time pimpa. Now we're also looking at a couple negative things that came out of the offseason you know so recently Cindergard just went down Tommy John surgery yeah absolutely hate to see it I mean that's the kind of thing this is a guy I picked him on my fantasy team I will admit I was very high on the man I seem to be every single year um post 2016 hasn't turned out too good for me but you know what it is what it is he's been a little rocky still you really thought that he was coming back you know making a big 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 thing and 
Unfortunately, he goes down with TJ, so that's going to be a big blow to you know a rotation where I feel like he really helped to kind of smooth it out. Now you got guys, you know, obviously Grommer, uh, Jacob DeGoat is going to be leading the leading the pack as he always does. No need to worry about the back problems. He is totally fine, totally fine. Please do not worry, please, dear God, Jacob. If you get hurt, I'm literally going to lose my mind. Um, and Stephen Matz has been, you know. I'm always high on the match train. He's a local boy. He came in guns blazing, hit like 5,000 rivets in his first game. Grandpa was cheering in the stands. You absolutely have to love it. Michael absolutely has to suck it. Um, and I'm also big, big Stroh guy. Marcus Stroman, I feel like he is a rough and tough. They say height doesn't measure heart. That is his motto, his words to live by. Uh, and he's got heart, all right, let me tell you. I mean, a fierce competitor. Um... Big outward, you know, supporter and proponent of the Black Lives Matter movement. You absolutely have to love that. Um, and, you know, we'll see how we can kind of round out the rotation. Uh, but, you know, of course, losing Wheeler to a rival is going to be pretty killer. You hate to see that for sure. Um, but I got a feeling he's going to shank some farts, Wheeler. So, you know what? Good riddance. He was never a true Met in my mind. You know, came up in the ranks. People were always, they were always high on him. He, you know, he was injured for like seven or eight Never years. Never true, Matt. No, no. I don't no. get how you could be. I don't yeah. get how you could be high on Matt's, but no. not high on Wheeler. Well, Never a true Matt. No, no, no. He, I mean, he, give me he, a break. He, he, he was never the kind of guy. All I heard about for for like five years that he's on the team is how great he is and how much potential he has. Potential. It and was always the potential. Yeah, no, potential. No, no. It was always the he potential. He had that one great second half. He did get paid a shit ton of money. Not a true Matt. I mean, give me a fucking break. He, he was Don't the kind be of... salty over there. Don't be salty over yeah, there. Big dog. We're talking Mets right now. We're talking Mets. Cheap owners did not want to sign him again. You went instead the cheap route, as you always do. And you signed Rick Porcello. Porcello. Michael Waka. Show me, you know, me Come on. Not a true Matt. Waka, waka, Let's baby. give the guy his due. He was, you know, no, no, decent no. He, upside. He's probably, decent. So probably, Joe Girardi will probably get more out of him. Uh, you know, decent. I believe it. Decent upside. You know, had a you know maybe one strong second half of a season, but he never really seemed into it. The guy never kind of bled blue and orange like the other players that you see. You got guys like Wilmer Flores grinding the field. You got guys like you know Pete Alonso. He's he, he, these kind of guys. Grommer, Syndergaard. They want to be Mets. They bleed blue and orange. Wheeler. I was always you can't deny he's always been the outcast of that you know big rotation that was touted years ago. He was never the one who was really in there with the boys. He was never one of the boys. That's the thing. He was never one of the boys. He was always an outcast. He was sitting at the peanut free table. Everybody knows it. The peep, the kids before him maybe smeared a little bit of peanut butter on the table as a sick joke. And, you know, he was maybe a little butthurt over that. I'm telling you, Zach Wheeler is a bona fide peanut free table kid. Bonafide. Up the train. The train is really going off the tracks early today, folks. I mean, you really hate to see this. Zach Wheeler walks out the door, takes his payday because the Mets didn't even come calling, and all of a sudden Uncle Train thinks he's a piece of shit. I mean, this is this is what happens in Mets. Okay, okay. I got, I got so much to say right, about right, all right, the right, things. All right. I, I right. want to hear what Alton has to say because Alton knows that Zach Wheeler is better than four out of five remaining members of the Mets starting rotation. No. He's a fart And knows that not having him, especially this year without Cindergaard, is a big disadvantage for the Mets. Alton, please talk some sense into Uncle Train. Get the train back on the tracks. Can't be going off the rails this early. Talk to me. Talk to me. 
Uh, I would just like to start by saying that while you know I love the Mets, uh, Train has some weird delusion oh, come on. <laughs> every season with this team's pitching staff, which is, while it's good, don't get me wrong, it's very good, there are a lot of guys who've been a part of it who've been supremely overrated, <laughs> okay? <laughs> Steven Matz, we've been talking about how he's got number two stuff for years, but every year he performs like a middle end four or a high end five. That's what he is. He's been playing for so long at this point. But we know what the, he is. He mashes the ball, though. He, um, he mashed Train, that Train. one game. He mashed that Uncle one Train, game. We have a guest. We have a guest here, Uncle Train. Please let him finish his piece. Continue. Don't be rude. My apologies. Steven Matz mashed that one game, and Grandpa Matz was probably the highlight of his career. And that was the very first game. And I'm not saying that I don't like Matz, but we can't count on him to be even a number three in the rotation. And that's what we have to do this year, which is pretty brutal. Uh, Zach Wheeler, while I've never been as high on him as a lot of people have been. Let's stop talking about Wheeler. Let's stop talking about him. I don't want to talk about him. I don't want to talk about the the peanut free kid. All right? Please. Please. You don't want to talk about him. It's it's a thing of the past. Uncle Trey, you really hate to see this, (laughs) folks. It's, it's a thing unbelievable. He won't even let the guest chime in. Well, well I don't. Yeah. From Hoboken, give your, give your take. Well, I don't think that he's better than four of the five remaining. I do think that Strowman is equivalent to Wheeler uh, in terms of, you know, actually playing, first of all. And then uh, his performance on the field. Uh, I mean, Wheeler is a, well above and beyond Matt's. Porcello and Waka. <laughs> so I don't know where this like preposterous hate of Zach Wheeler is coming from, just but saying, just saying, peanut um, peanut free. But <laughs> back to the task on hand. Talking about Noah, that's by far one of the most impactful losses for any team in the off season. Uh, everybody knows Syndergaard's got electric stuff. Uh, you know. While he's not as consistent as you would like a guy with a stuff to be, uh, his impact is noted anytime he steps on the field. And not having him there to be that number two guy behind Bonafide Ace, Jacob DeGrom, back to back Cy Young Award winner, absolute stud, Come on. is definitely rough. Um, Strowman has some tough shoes to fill in the two spot. I think he's definitely more suited to be a three. Uh, but, you know, who knows what happens in the shortened season. Uh, some of these guys can definitely have better overall performances by having less yep. toll on their arms with less yep. games to play. So yep. we'll see what happens with that. That's fair. It's going to be it's going to be an inter- interesting season. And I know, you know, we're, we're kind of running low on our uh, time to talk about the Mets, you know, the better baseball team. But either way, uh, just to kind of recap the lineup that we're looking at, right? So you got Wilson Ramos coming at the catching spot. That's a, he's a, they call him the Buffalo. So we got the Buffalo behind the plate. I mean, who else could you want behind the plate other than El Buffalo, Wilson Ramos? Ladies and gents, moving over to first base, we got Big Meat Pete, Pete Alonzo, the reigning home run derby champion. He will be mic'd up uh, for many a games this season, so that is something to look forward to. He's probably New York's finest athlete right now. You know, he's, he's definitely up there way, way above Aaron Judge, uh, the shark tooth, the shark tooth mongrel. You hate to see it. Um... Second base, Robbie Cano. What do you know? You know, you don't know much because he kind of shanks the farts, and it was one of the worst signings that we've had in years. But either way, um, you know, you hate to see it. you got to love it. 
Third base, Jeffy Mack, when are you coming back? Jeff McNeil, my absolute king. Uh, follow Willow McNeil on Instagram. It is Jeff McNeil and his uh, wife Tatiana's uh, dog and their cat, Mac. Uh, unbelievable feline-canine combo. You gotta love to see it. Uh, shortstop, we got Ahmed Rosario. He's gonna have a big-time year. You saw what he was able to do in the second half of last year. Big-time step up. Made that amazing run. Uh, help, really helped push forward that amazing run in August where we won 15 of 16 games. Big Dog almost bought Uncle Trey and steak dinner. Really would have been the cherry on top of an almost unbelievable year. Either way, you know, you gotta suck it. Right field, Michael Conforto. You know, we've seen what he's been able to do. I'd like to see him bump up the average a little bit, but, you know, a guy with solid defense and, um... Maybe mashing 25 dongs would be a nice thing. Center field, you gotta love my other king, Brandon Nimmo, the happiest boy on the planet. Ladies and gentlemen, the smile that reigns supreme over the land. Uh, this land is your land, this land is my land. This land was made for Brandon Nimmo to be shining those pearly whites all over the place, ladies and gents. And just topping it off, J.D. Davis in left field. This is the kind of guy that you need in the lineup every single day. It was almost a struggle to fit him into the lineup last year. Uh, given the crowded outfield until Sess went down with the injuries. Um, you know, I love my boy, Juani Lagares, but, you know, rest in peace. You hate to see it. Um, and we're not even talking about Cespedes, honestly. He's not even in the discussion right now. But the beautiful thing is that the man's swinging a bat. He's ready to DH. He said, I feel just as comfortable playing left field as playing DH, which, again, you got to take literally everything that he says Endor does with a grain of salt. Um, but either way, you know, you got to, as a fan, you got to put some trust in your players and what they say. So I'm putting my trust in Cespedes, the grass man, and saying that, Feels good to play. Let the boy swing the bat. Let the boy run around the field. I mean, come on. And once you get a guy like that in the lineup healthy, holy shit, Christ almighty. I mean, the opposition's absolutely fucked. Matt, how you feeling overall about the lineup there, top to bottom? Hold on. I, I need a butt, I need a butt oh, in quickly Oh, Jesus here. Christ. I mean, what I, else I is do. new, folks? Because, what else is new? Because here's the thing. Cespedes, if this guy comes back healthy, he is a major difference maker for the New York Mets. Don't get me wrong. Uh-huh. But... And I don't know if you really watched his at-bats uh, over the weekend, Uncle Train. You might have been, uh, you know, not watching the games. But <laughs> from what I saw, from, from what I saw, I noticed two major things about Cespedes. Matt from Hoboken, you can tell me if you agree or disagree here. One, he can't run. Uh, and if he can run, he just completely held it back in the exhibition game, which... I could understand. I guess we're going to have to wait and find out uh, yep. on, on opening day for the Mets if he actually can run, if he can put the ball in play. Uh, which leads me to my second point. Guy does not look like he can catch up to a plus fastball. Uh, I, I'm not kidding. 95 plus coming from Chad Green, which I, Chad Green's nasty, don't get me wrong. But he just did not look like he could really catch up to it. We're going to have to wait and see if he can get adjusted. Those were my initial thoughts on Cespedes. Curious to hear what you have to say about that. Thanks, thanks for chiming in, uh, Mikey. Really appreciate you giving your two cents, as, as always. Uh, Matt from Hoboken, what are your thoughts as a true Met fan? Uh, so first, I'll just talk about the entire lineup as a whole, but then I would like to address Cespedes because I think it's very important. Um, I, I really like, from an offensive standpoint, the offense that the Mets have put together. I think we've seen a lot out of J.D. Davis, and we could expect big things from him. Yep. He'd always performed well in the minor leagues. He was blocked by a lot of really good, talented players on the Astros. Uh, didn't really get the opportunities that a guy 
would need to thrive and get adjusted to the major league level. He got that with the Mets, and we really saw him perform against both righties and lefties. Uh, you know, a lot of people last year were discussing him just as a lefty killer, but I think that he could do well against pretty much any pitcher in baseball. Um, I also like uh, McNeil playing third every day. It would be optimal to get Cano out of the lineup, in my opinion, especially because they're going to bat him third because they're idiots. Uh, to me, the optimal offensive lineup would be putting McNeil at second, putting J.D. Davis at third, and then tossing the boy Dom Smith in left field. I think that he is going to be a huge X factor for the Mets this year. Uh, they got to find a way to work his bat into the lineup yeah. because I think it's a very similar situation to J.D. Davis with the Astros where they've crushed it in the minor leagues, didn't really get enough opportunities in the majors, and I think if they don't get him the opportunities he needs soon, uh, he's going to be in another uniform soon performing very well for another major league team, and I would actually hate to see that. Not like the sarcastic, yeah. oh, you really hate to see it? I would actually hate to see it. I mean, you do really hate to see it, but either way, that's a good point, though. Dom Smith, I mean... Huge presence, you know, either off the bench, but again, it's the kind of guy that you you see when he bats regularly. You know, he's he's a three hundred plus batter with a little with not as much pop as he was touted in the in the minors, but you know, it's a little bit of a kind of a flip flop situation, right? You expect him to be a guy come up like big big meat Pete and hit thirty five dongs. Au contraire, this is the kind of guy who I think you get him in the lineup regularly, and you get a first baseman, you know, more maybe more like uh, you know Hosmer or someone who hits more like you know for three hundred average kind of thing, and yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful kind of thing. Um, yeah, and he also plays great defense, which is mm-hmm. what we really need at this right. point. Uh, last year, we saw how many times uh, our defenses cost our talented pitching staff games. Yeah. Uh, right. Whether it's a lack of range, just boneheaded mistakes, um, you know, bad throws, we it's it can't happen this year. So I would like to see Pete get some more. Uh, sorry, Dom get some more opportunities this year, and. To go back to the Cespedes point from Mikey, uh, sorry, the big dog. Don't want to use, don't want to use any fake names we, here, we Mikey. Use, what is that? We use every name. Uh, with Cespedes, one, uh, he's slow as shit. There's no getting around it. This dude, I mean, he got eaten by a boar. What do we expect? Do we think he's gonna be running full speed, chug a lug down the line? The answer is no. Chug a lug, baby. Uh, I think his arm might be good enough to somewhat make up the difference of his speed um but i can't see him getting in left field that many times a season uh, i think it'll be a liability more than not or you know maybe if he plays the field earlier in the game you get a defensive replacement to come in for him later on mm-hmm. uh that's the only way i could really see him playing any time in the field uh in terms of his hitting i don't want to like jump to any conclusions based off you know, him not being able to catch up to, like, a top reliever in baseball. Uh, Chad Green is obviously filthy. Um, and he hasn't played against other major league pitching besides, like, his own team in a very, very long time. Right. So that's a huge issue in the sense that the season is very short and players don't really have a lot of time to get into a groove. Uh, one long slump can cost a team the season. If one of your best players goes into a 20-25 game slump, that's over 30 year season right yeah. there, gone, and you're in big trouble. So, Cespedes has the chance to make or break this Mets lineup. Um, I'm hoping they don't let it get to the point where it can break them. I think if after 15 games he's not touching the ball, I think it's time to 
try and find other alternatives offensively. But I don't want to jump to any conclusions yet about his performance over the weekend. Yeah. No, that's a good... Fair uh, enough. That's, 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 Fair that's, enough. That's a great point, and we are running out of time. And, you know, you re- I think overall the big takeaway is that the big dog absolutely jumped the gun, make a rash assumption about Cespedes, and before he can even get a word, and we Hold are going to go... On. No, 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 no. You have to let me respond Come to that. Come on, that's ridiculous. Um, you're going to come. So, first of all... Uh, like 27 minutes. Not making a... Not making a rash... <laughs> Not making a rash assumption. Pretty rash. What I saw from the sniff test. Yeah, sniff test. Uh, it wasn't just Chad Green. It was Mike King as well. It just didn't look like he could catch up to that pitch. Uh, one thing I do want to say before we go to a commercial break, one thing that I think you said that was very important for the Mets is not only is maybe Cano not supposed to be in this lineup anymore, but I'll tell you what, if he is in the lineup, Send him to the bottom of the lineup and move JD Davis up. It's I, no, I mean he should be have, batting seventh at the earliest. You only have so many games. I think it's a mistake to hit him so high in the order, and I think Rojas is going to have to switch that Agreed. up quickly if he uh, if he goes into you got, opening you got, day. You got to love the big dog making some uh, first grade elementary school points there. Obviously, Cano has got to be oh. thrown down to the bottom of the lineup, folks. I mean, that's what you got to chime in with, Miguel. Please, dear Lord in heaven. I mean, if you're going to give me something, give me something substance. Folks, we are now going to, before, right, I, before, I, before I lose my, before I, <laughs> all right, peanut free, come on. Before I lose my mind here, we're going to go to a word from our sponsors. Ron. I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. I got a million toys at Toys R Us that I can take a dupe with. I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. They got the best for so much less. It'll really flip your lid. From bikes to trains to video games. <laughs> Is the biggest toy store there is. Gee whiz, I don't want to grow up. Because baby, if I did, I couldn't be a Toys R Us kid. More games, more toys. What the fuck kind of song is this? <laughs> what the fuck is this? I mean, you can't even know how the jingle goes. That's ridiculous. Either way, ladies and gentlemen, it's Toys R Us. Everybody's getting Jeffrey money for their birthday, and we're going on a fucking shopping spree. Toys R Us, Jefferson Valley, New York. Rest in peace. It was one of the greatest Toys R Us around. Used to go there with my, uh, big shout out to my Aunt Jerry. She used to take me and Ethan there uh, every year for our birthdays, and there was one year we went in there and we turned on every single sing-along Elmo in the aisle and then ran away laughing. It was an unbelievable thing. Uh, the Elmo was sitting on the toilet taking a duke. Honestly, that should be the sponsor of the podcast. Um, but either way, Toys R Us, you got a ton of toys. They, they had like video games. They had CDs. You could buy whatever the fuck you wanted there, really. And as long as you come in with enough Jeffrey money, you're good to go. Miguel, favorite Toys R Us memory? You got anything? The place was just unbelievable. I think my favorite Toys R Us memory, I, I actually had a, uh, a profile picture on Facebook back in the day. A uh, picture of me just hugging a giant Jeffrey mascot uh, at the Toys R Us in Times Square, RIP. That was an unbelievable Times Square, although everything was so overpriced that you could never buy anything. Yeah. Folks, you hate to see that, but it was uh, it was cool to see the Ferris wheel maybe go on at once. You know, probably cost about eighty dollars, and that's probably why they're out of business. Come on. You really hate to see that, folks. But uh, I did love Jeffrey. He gave me a nice little hug back in the day when you could actually give people hugs and you didn't have to worry about COVID nineteen. We're right. never going to see that again, folks. You hate to see yeah, it. Absolutely hate to see but, it. But uh, you know, Toys R Us. I I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. Well, I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. I got a million fucking dookies that I can play with. I don't want to grow up. 
Oh, my toes out of skin. They got the best for so much less. It'll really flip your lid. It'll flip the lid of your toilet straight down, baby. You can take a duke on the top of the toilet. Let it run. Doesn't matter. You got your Jeffrey money. Jeffrey money. You're going to Toys R Us. You have a great time. Come on now, boy. What do you say? Ladies and gentlemen, we're happy to be back. Uh, unfortunately, you know, I hate to tell you guys that we have to endure the wrath of the big dog talking about the Yankees for the next 15 minutes, but, you know, it's something that you just have to bite the bullet and get through with this episode. You know, it's never everyone's favorite segment because, uh, you know, you hate to see it. It's the Yanks. Who really wants to hear about them? Aaron Judge with his tiny little, you know, uh, shark teeth, but either way. Uh, big dog. Yanks have... Arguably the best squad in baseball this year. What else is what else is new? Um, so you got to be pretty excited. I mean, you guys and the Dodgers probably you know top one and two, uh, no particular order. Fuck the Astros. I'm not even gonna. I don't even want to say the name. It's disgusting. Um, but I mean, you got to be pretty pumped about the squad that you got. You feel like you know you're gonna break some home run records. Uh, rotation is looking pretty fucking pretty decent. So what are your feelings right now? How are you feeling about the season? I'm feeling good. Um, you never know what could happen in six games. As, so. Michael, as Michael Bublé said, he's feeling good, folks. And I'm feeling good. All right, Mike, come on. So, yeah, I'm feeling good. I'm happy about the, the squad heading into this year. Um, I'll quickly review the offseason. There were some notable departures. Uh, CC Sabathia retired. Hate to see it, but uh, CC, what a career. Uh, literally pitched until his arm was about to fall off. Yeah. I think uh, Yankees fans, Mets fans, all MLB fans had a lot of respect for Sabathia. So you tipped the cap to a hell of a career. Excited it. to see what he does next. Um, he, he really is a, uh, a great Yankee, uh, and I will miss him quite a bit. He was a warrior out there, um, and a hell of a career for Good luck with whatever comes next. Uh, next, we had... Dylan Betances, who, who really barely uh, did anything for the Yanks last year, but another really good Yankee. Uh, he, he headed over to uh, be with his good friend Carlos Beltran. Sadly for him, that didn't work out, but, you know, Dylan, you have to suck it, and you're going to have to stay there with that uh, second-rate manager. No, I'm just kidding. Luis Rojas, hey. we don't know if he's... Uh, oh. <laughs> we don't know if... Uh, he's the understudy, but we'll see if he uh, does, does a good job. The, uh, the players uh, seem to really like him. Uh, but Dylan Betance has had a really good Yankee career. Uh, one of the most consistent relievers over the last four or five years. Uh, some of the greatest strikeout seasons uh, for a Yankee reliever ever. Um, so definitely going to miss him. I think he would have been a big piece to have uh, in the playoffs last year and all throughout the season, along with the other uh, five-headed monster that we do have still. Uh, but Dylan Betance, again, uh, can't wish you best of luck because I actually hope you stink. But, I hate to see it. Uh, I do respect the career you had for us. Uh, and lastly, um, D.D. Gregorius. D.D. Really, really hate to see D.D. go. Uh, D.D. D.D. did an unbelievable job filling in shoes that were not fillable. Uh, when he stepped in for Derek Jeter, he had a rough first month with the team. Uh, but he carried on, and he really became a an all-star caliber shortstop. Um, you know, had some really big hits. Uh, most recently, that grand slam that he hit, uh, which I was in the stadium for against the Minnesota Twins. Did a nice little swing of his back because he probably wasn't sure if it was going to be fair or foul, but that was fucking sick, folks, and you love to see Didi. Uh, Didi, another player playing with a mask on. So, folks, you really love to see that from Didi. Yep. Super talented dude. Uh, wish him all the best as he reunites with uh, 
Captain Joe Girardi. Um, the two of them hopefully will do some very special things together for the Phillies because that would be at the expense of the Mets. And folks, you know I love to see that. Uh, and then the other big storyline for the Yankees this offseason, it looked like they were about to have uh, almost unquestionably the best rotation in the league uh, if Severino was healthy. Uh, he, unfortunately, yeah. will not be pitching for the squad this for year. Every fucking uh, see, Same thing. Every year you talk about Severino as if he's like a fucking god. You know, it's always like, uh, if he's healthy, you know, he's going to be top of the crop. And I'm, I'm actually explaining that he's not healthy, but all right. Ridiculous. Uh, so, ridiculous. so Luis Severino, who has best rotation, uh, has a come on. He has a third place uh, Cy Young finish on his resume. Went down uh, with Tommy John surgery, just like uh, Noah Syndergaard. You really hate to see that, folks. Um, and he will not be back until the middle of 2021. Um, so unfortunate. Uh, really was counting on seeing a uh, full season of Seve. Uh, we've seen what his potential is when he is healthy. Um, and I just hope that, uh, I hope that he's able to, uh, still have a, a great career. Um, he's got a lot of potential and you'd hate to see him waste it because he could never stay healthy. But, uh, right now, uh, not looking so good as he really has never been able to stay healthy, which, uh, you would have heard from me first, but uncle train, uh, he's going off the tracks yet again, folks. And he had to, uh, he had to butt in as he often does because he's a sack of dude, but you know, whatever. <laughs> You live with it because he uh, he makes a couple of good jokes, and he, you like that from a, uh, a co-host. Anyway, uh, Jesus. that that is uh, the off-season. Unfortunately, uh, we had some uh, people leave. We had Sebi go down, and I'll get on to uh, what I think. Wait a second. I must have been forgetting something. No, must be forgetting something. We did one other thing, and this one really, it, it really uh, it gets me excited. I can't believe I almost forgot. Just kidding. I didn't forget it all just could not lead off with this because it is the biggest thing that happened in the offseason and that was signing the 324 million dollar man nine years the ace that we have needed garrett cole cannot wait to watch this guy pitch for the new york yankees he is exactly what they needed uh if you know me and if you've listened to the show or just had a casual conversation with me about baseball you know that i absolutely despise the awful take that most Yankee fans had about how Brian Cashman does not spend money on the team. He will never go out and get the big starter that they need. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, if you've been following this team, team. right. It's an atrocious take. It really is. And it is a, uh, it's a crazy one. So people were calling Hal Steinbrenner cheap. Guys, calm the fuck down. We went out, we waited, you wait for, you wait for the guy to come to the market and then you pounce on him. And really, they did just that. Garrett Cole, huge for them. It will be big for them in the regular season. And if they are fortunate enough to get to the playoffs, uh, they will have that stud pitcher that will be better than the opposing team's stud pitcher. So that's going to be big for them. Um, They needed that. Uh, And other than that, you know, just bring the rest of the squad back. They have... An unbelievable chance to do some very special things here, as they've had the last few seasons. Um, I think, as you said, Uncle Train, even you could admit it, they are one of uh, the top two teams in baseball. There's no doubt about that. And uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, the lineup, the lineup, it, what what this uh, extended offseason has done for the Yankees lineup is wonders, uh, because it does seem, uh, at least as of now, that 
everyone will be healthy for opening day. Um, that's even with DJ LeMayhew uh, having COVID-19. He, he made a full recovery. Way to, way to be out there, DJ. You'll love to see that type of thing. Uh, he should be leading off on opening day. If he doesn't lead off on opening day, I think there's no doubt about it, folks. You're going to see him on Saturday against the Nationals and see him for the rest of the season. You have the behemoth himself, as he is known on, on this podcast, Aaron Judge. He's going to be manning right field. He uh, had some cracked ribs. He had some shoulder bullshit. He's always got something that Aaron Judge. But you know what? It looks like he's ready to go. In the exhibition games against the Mets and the Phillies, he was hitting tater tots every single night, folks. There was ketchup on them. There was honey barbecue sauce on them. And there was everything that you could ever want on them because the man looks prime I mean, for a big season. Aaron Judge, you get, love to see that. You get the honey mustard, and that's really, I mean, that's where you know that you've made it. Once you get the honey mustard and the tater tots, uh, you know, maybe a little bit of ketchup mixed with a tiny little bit of sriracha, make it a little bit spicy. I mean, folks, what, what more can you ask for, really? And he's giving you the full array of dipping sauces this season, folks, and you'll love to see that. If he can stay healthy, he's going to be unbelievable, folks. You'll love to see it. Uh, then we have the Glavy Baby. I'm not going around the diamond. Oh, the baby I'm man. Giving you the, I'm giving you the opening day lineup as it's going to come out. It's going to be unbelievable. Glaber Torres is going to hit third. You like that? You break up by Aaron Judge, the guy who really puts the ball in play all the time. Glaber Torres, he's an unbelievable kid. He's moving over to shortstop this year. He's cute as can be. You'd love to see that type of he thing. Came up, he came up as a short, so it's natural for him. Yep, and he uh, he really, uh, from, that, from that position, is just one of the – Somehow has turned into one of the uh, the bigger power threats uh, from that middle infield position. Uh, he's been unbelievable his first couple years, and I'm really looking forward to just seeing him take the next steps in his career. You can tell he's got a lot of focus on him. He's a really good kid, folks, and you'll love to see that type of thing. Up fourth, we got John Carlos Stanton. How about that, folks? He's healthy, too. Wasn't going to be healthy for real opening day, but he looks good right now. He's running well. He's mashing the Dungs. Oh, you saw that one he hit against the Mets folks over the weekend. Hit that one basically to outer space. I, I, not sure out. not sure if it landed yet, but that's the type of power and uh, production you're getting from the Yanks. Giancarlo Stanton, uh, Yankees fans have been killing this guy. Uh, he could not stay healthy last year. 2018 uh, actually was had a pretty good season. Uh, if you go back and look at these stats, he had 38 homers, had over 100 RBI. You know, everyone's complaining because... Everyone in New York figures out some way to complain, no matter what's going on. Yeah, but uh, yeah. he is healthy. Up fifth, we got center fielder. He's going to become one of, if not the only player of all time. There might Tony Womack might have accomplished this feat as well, but Aaron Hicks. Uh, Aaron Hicks is going to become one of the first, if not the first, player to ever come back from Tommy John surgery without having missed a regular season game. Folks, you have to love that type of stat. It's an unbelievable thing. Don't give a fuck about a loophole. Uh, Aaron Hicks is going to be manning center field. He said his arm strength is not fully back, but hopefully he will uh, regain some of that, that as the season goes on. When you're in the company of Tony Womack, you know you've made the big time. And Tony Womack is a uh, he's a classic. X, class X, XD back great. Yeah, Tony Womack, folks. Tony Womack. Uh, <laughs> did I mention? <laughs> did I mention Tony Womack? I, I, uh, Aaron I Hicks and Womack. Tony Womack. Aaron Hicks and Tony Womack going to McDonald's, getting a couple of McFlurries, talking about Tommy John. It's going to be a great thing, folks. Um, Aaron Hicks, happy to see him back. He is a really good OBP guy, um, really good fielder when he's got the arm strength. Uh, really excited to see him manning center field. Put him in, folks. He's ready to play today. And uh, up sixth, we got 
Gary Sanchez. Uh, Gary Sanchez, by famously... The uh, man! Told, ...told someone in the bathroom of Billy's last uh, playoffs that the Yankees should consider benching him um, against guys like Justin Verlander. Almost got into a fight. May or may not have uh, said some things to someone that I didn't know, and he did not take them... Uh, too well, so big, you know, big dog just pick, picking, picking fights left and right. You hate to see it. I mean, that's big, the, the there's a reason there's a reason that they call him the big dog because he's big and he's a dog, you know. Uh, so folks, you, if you if you stare down the eyes of the big dog, you're gonna get the teeth, all right? So watch out, you know, it has to happen. Up seventh, we have uh, Luke Voigt. I know Olton loves Luke. I mean, how could you not? Luke's an unbelievable guy, definitely hits the gym, loves a good tight shirt, like Olt. And, uh, you know, they could be good friends one day if uh, they ever meet. There's no uh, denying how jacked Luke is. He's, he is gig- he's absolutely gigantic. He's I've a- never seen anything like it. <laughs> yep, he is such a thick man. He's thick. an unbelievable guy, Luke Boyd. Uh, he is another guy, as, as the Yankees lineup is full of high OBP type guys who are going to make you work for everything that you can get. Um, he also really could hit the ball a long way, a country mile, folks. You'd love to see that. Um, up eighth, we have the longest tenured Yankee. I believe it's going on 13 years. You'd love to see that. and love to see him getting brought back after his 28 home runs that he hit last year. Folks, even with the juice ball, 28 home runs for a little guy named Brett Gardner. You'll love to see that. This man has been, he's been the heart and soul of the Yankees for uh, you know quite some time. And happy to have him back. Uh, he really is pesky up there at the plate. Um, and you're happy to see him. He's a good fielder well, he, of too. He also ha- his vision is also unfair because his eyes are so close that it forms <laughs> it forms one gigantic eye in the middle of his face, so that he he basically can like see, he has X-ray vision and he can slow yeah, down. Yeah, but how do you time. think that makes his peripherals work? Like, do you think his peripherals are not as good because of that, or? He doesn't. You don't need peripherals when you're staring down the uh, the barrel of the the, the uh, when you when you got when you're staring down the eyes of the devil of the pitcher. You know, you're you're looking at him and you see it coming. And you just kind of, you know, you're swinging your hope for the best. And honestly, he slows down time with that Cyclops eye, so hate to see it. No doubt about it. And lastly, uh, Manning the hot corner, the most happy fella. Folks, he really is the most happy fella. If you see him picking it out there, you see a big smile on his face, and he really had a breakout season last year, batting over 300. We're going to find out if that's a fluke this year, folks. I'm liking what I'm seeing. It's Gio Urshela, the Urshi kiss. Ursher, I mean, you know, the guy has a million nicknames. Jeez. He really is just a happy fellow, though. Um, Gio Urshela, I don't give a fuck about what the defensive metrics have to say. The man can pick it. If you watched him play Saturday night against the Mets, I think Mets fans and Yankee fans can agree. The man can just flat out pick it out there, and that's what we need. No. Um, and that completes the Yankees lineup. The Yankees also have tremendous depth, which I think is going to be really important uh, for this season. Mike Talkman in center. Clint Frazier, Miguel, Miguel and Duhar. These are all guys that would be starting on basically any other team, uh, but they're going to be manning uh, the satellite bus, taking people back and forth. Uh, should anyone get hurt or should anyone, unfortunately, come down with COVID-19? Um, so the Yankees, I think, are primed for success. Uh, just to open up a little discussion for my, my co-host and uh, our beautiful guest, Matthew from Hoboken. Really is a beautiful man. Uh, the Yankees are obviously in a good position. Nobody needs to, uh, nobody's going to argue with that. The only thing about them is that I do think that one of the best teams in the league and one of the teams that is definitely the scariest in a situation where you're only playing 60 games 
is the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, I think even over 162, they're a threat to the Yankees, but I do think over 162, the Yankees, you know, distance themselves and find out a way to beat them. Um, and I think they do it over 62, but you have to say, like, you're as an organization, you're going to need to have a lot of depth. The Rays definitely have that. Uh, they have an unbelievable bullpen and an unbelievable amount of pitching. Uh, so do you guys think that you guys think that there's any uh, chance that the Rays could take down the Yankees this year? I mean, the Yankees, they're just, uh, at least on paper, they are such a fucking powerhouse, you know. Um, you look at every game, and on paper, I would just take them 10 out of 10 times. I, as much as it pains me to say it, um, but again, you know, once the season hits, things start to change. You see a couple injuries pop up. People, so, you know, some teams get hot, some people get hot, you know. So, uh, so you can't really, you can't really make any assumptions. Um, again, on paper is a big difference than out in the uh, out in the diamond. When you're actually out there, that you feel the dirt underneath your cleats, and uh, you feel the breeze through your mask, which everybody should be wearing. Um, you know, then you start to uh, things start to change. I mean, you got Snell and eight seven seven glass now topping the you know the raise rotation so obviously those two you know back to back big one two punch um outside of that though you know i'm not i'm not really seeing anything that is uh that i would be alarmed with if i was a yankees fan i think you guys are sitting pretty fucking pretty in the al east um matt from hoboken i mean you know go take your two cents I would never say that there is no chance that the Rays could win that division. I think if they were playing a 162-game season, that the Rays could have a very good chance of winning 90 games. It's just the only issue is that the Yankees would probably win 110, and they wouldn't even come close to winning the division. Uh, in, in a 60-game season, I think they have a slightly better chance than in 162, yep. just because that starting rotation, I think any rotation that has... Snell, Glasnow, the oft-forgotten, for some reason, Charlie Morton, Checking who more. is still electric at even his age. Uh, then you got Yanni Chirinos, who had a really solid season last year. Ryan Yarbrough is a really good contributor at yep. the back end of that rotation. Yep. Like They're five deep um, totally. and definitely in contention for one of the best rotations in the league. Definitely in contention for one of the best bullpens in the league. Year in and year out, they always put together a really good uh, pen. Uh, they're always a team that will put the ball in play, that'll make you work, uh, and can really put your pitching staff to a test. So they have a chance. I think they're a really good team. I wish that the Mets were as good as them. Would be nice. Uh, it would be nice, but I think that the Yankees are just going to be too much for most teams this yeah. year. I think what, what I'm looking forward to the most uh, in watching the AL East this year, uh, is seeing Kevin Kiermeyer out in center, running all over the field, making crazy fucking diving plays. The dude, he's one of my favorite center fielders to watch out there. Yeah, absolutely I love, love watching to see. Kiermaier. Kiermaier is a fucking animal. You know, running all he's over the sick. field, making leaping grabs at the wall. Rob, he's gonna. He, I, I'm calling it now. He is going to rob a combination of Aaron Judge and Gary Sanchez a minimum of three times this year. That's a lot. I'll take the under on that, folks. <laughs> yeah, but, uh... that's so many robs. <laughs> nope, just those two. He's going to rob He's going to rob the two of them at least three times. I'm calling it. Heard it here first. Come on, shot. That is the second worst take that you've had on this podcast so far. Unbelievable that it wasn't first, but, you know, somehow it's only second, folks. And, yeah, hate to say that. And now a word from our sponsor. I went on the internet and found education connection. I took some free tests to find out my direction. 
I'm taking classes online. Get my degree on my own time. Education Connection matched me with the right college for free. Get connected for free. Free with Education Connection. Get connected for free. Free with Education Connection. Take a dookie for free with Take a Dookie Connection. Big Mike, Big Mike. Take a big old fashioned duke in the toilet bowl. Come on, boy. What do you say? What do you say now, boy? Come on. Talk to boy. Boy. What do you say now, boy? Education connection. Take a big old fashioned duke. Come on, boy. Come on, boy. Come on, boy. I'm saying, what do you say now, boy? Ladies and gentlemen, it's education connection. Gotta get connected. Gotta do it for free with education connection. I don't know really what they do. I, I guess they connect you with a college to to then try to get a degree. I, it's, I, I always thought it was just a college itself. But now that I'm actually reading into the lyrics, it seems like um, they just connect you with a college. That's it. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm seeing I did a, did, a, did a quick Google, and it says uh, you don't have to leave the house to pursue your education. Well, no shit. You also don't have to leave your house and take a big old-fashioned duke in the TV. That's right. So I guess if you can... Uh, if you can if you can take a Duke, if you can get your education, if you can take a Duke while you're getting your education, you're probably in a pretty good spot, and that's what Education Connection is here for. That's not bad. That's why you're taking a Dukey for free. Honestly, and speaking of taking Dukies, a big shout-out to uh, my uh, to my pal Chell, Mitchell Sherman. Uh, wow, big shout-out. Big, big Mitchie, Mitchie Mitch, he sent, he is sending me. I still haven't gotten a bidet in the mail. I have been... Not anti-bidet, just a little bit nervous. You know, I'm, I got some goosebumps. I've never used a bidet before. People who use it, and they swear by it. Everyone who do use it, they're like, you know what? It's life-changing. Big Mike, I know you've got two cents about the bidet. Um... Folks, uh, if you take one thing away from this podcast, don't let it be psycho trains. Take about Zach Wheeler. Let it be that you should go out and purchase a bidet it is an unbelievable product, really makes a difference in the morning, in the afternoon, and at night. Uh, and especially if you're going to couple that with education connection, you want to make sure that you're getting a little spritzy on the tushy. You don't want to make sure you're getting educated. And folks, you're really going to love it. The, uh, the bidets are unbelievable. And if I had to recommend a brand, it's not the brand that I have, but uh, Tushy, Tushy Bidets, is, wow. uh, they're an unbelievable company. Um, they, uh, they are hiring a vice president of fecal matter wow. folks. You have to love that. It is a paid internship. You're going to make $10,000 and all you have to do is take a big old fashioned Duke in the TV. Don't believe me. That's actually free advice. That is actually true. It is a real thing. They are also trying to purchase the, uh, the naming rights for Buffalo Bill stadium. Oh, folks, they want to name it Tushy stadium. That would be that. That would be the biggest treat of all time. They would they would be able to host, and I'm not even kidding. They wrote this in their uh, in their letter to the Bills. They said we want to be able to co host a college football bowl game, and if we do, we'll call it the Toilet Bowl. Unbel unbelievable, folks. This is an unbelievable company. Go out, support them, support your tush. Take a nice, good old fashioned Duke, and spritz your tushy right afterwards. It's going to be an unbelievable thing. You'll you'll thank Uncle Trent and the Big Dog, and even Matt from Hoboken later, folks. Ladies, it's going to be a great thing. Ladies and gentlemen, you got to tip the cap to Tushy Bidet Brand, and you got to tip the cap to Education Connection. They're hooking you up, and they're hooking us up with absolutely nothing. Ladies and gentlemen, you absolutely have to suck it. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here. We're going to do a little bit of a speed lightning round for our last segment. We are doing our season award, shortened seasons, award predictions. 
We're doing a little bit of Cy Young. We're doing a little bit of MVP. And we're going to tell you uh, across the board, Uncle Train, Big Dog, Matt from Hoboken, who we're feeling. So I'm going to kick it off, jump start it with the um, NL MVP of who I feel is really going to uh, take home the bacon for the boys. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a young man. A little bit of a shortened season last year. Um, actually, no. This man didn't have a shortened season last year. I'm getting my, uh, my stats mixed up. It is a man. We call him Fla Fla. And he's flipping flapjacks. Ladies and gents, it's Jack Flaherty. I am feeling Jack Flaherty, NL, Cy Young. Ladies and gentlemen, this man was finished pretty high in the, in, in the ranking last year for Cy Young. He finished fourth. And he was up there in the MVP voting as well, finishing at 13. The dude pitched to a 2.75 ERA with a sub-1 whip in 33 games. Yeah, the win-loss column. As you know, I refuse to even look at the win-loss column, given my history with Jake the Snake DeGrom. So I'm not even going to think about the 11 wins and 8 losses, because that's a load of horseshit. But overall, this dude, his strikeouts per nine, I mean, the guy fucking flings the ball. He's, you know, floating on almost 11 strikeouts per nine innings, um, pushing 200 innings, well over 200 strikeouts with 231. Um, but the key thing to me here, I mean, you got a 275 ERA, um, especially in, you know, some of the, you know, some of the batters he's facing in the, in the uh, National League Central Division. I think Jack Flaherty is really going to bring home the bacon, uh, for the NL Cy Young in the 2020 shortened season. Feel free to shit on the take. Feel free to call it an interesting take. It's a little atypical. I'll accept that. But ladies and gents, we saw what he could do last year, and I'm feeling a little repeat. And if he continues to push it, again, I could easily just say DeGrom, but I'm trying to spice things up a little bit. Boys? Uh, no, I, I like the take, Uncle Train. Uh, one of your better takes today, folks. You'd love to see that from him. Uh, Jack Flaherty, I think, had like a .91 ERA after the All-Star break last year. It was unbelievable. Uh, he's even half of that, uh, you know, for a 60-game stretch. I think he's going to have a real chance yep. to come home with the award. Um, I'm going a little different. Hard, hard not to pick to Grom um, for this, but I'm not going to because uh, I don't want to. So I am going <laughs> to pick – I'm going to pick a man who, uh, who just got – Paid. We talked a little bit about Gary Cole. We might talk about him again, folks. But for now, let's keep it with the champs. I'm, I'm going Steven Strasburg for Cy Young this year. Um, I'm doing this because the man had a 6.4 war last year for a pitcher that's extremely high. Um, I think he really just has a chance, if he carries over what he did in the postseason last year, to absolutely dominate uh, over a 60-game stretch. I think the health concerns are not as high for him in a shortened season like this. Um, and I just think he uh, he might have an unbelievable year as, as the torch maybe gets passed a little bit from Max Scherzer over to Steven Strasburg himself. Uh, not my most confident pick, uh, but I'm taking Steven Strasburg. I think he uh, I think he's got a good shot at Cy Young. I like that. Uh, I, I like both your picks. Um, you know, normally I would go with Jakey D, the GOAT, Wallace and DeGromit, a classic stud pitcher. Uh, I'm not going to because that would be very biased. 
And my pick was also the same as Train's, actually, which makes me a little skeptical about it. Because normally... <laughs> oh, come on. Normally, come on. he has a tendency to, you know, mess up, like no, Cody no, Bellinger. No, no, no. Stink of the Farts last year. Uh, it was an MVP. Uh, but, Everybody you know, like, calm down. Everybody calm down. Like Train said, Flaherty have electric in the second half last year after the All-Star break. Um, I think he's got great stuff. He's a lot of fun to watch. I think he's fun to root for. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing him pitch in the 60-game stretch this year. It's an interesting No choice. doubt about it. I think, uh, I think Flaherty is a, uh, a good pick. It is an interesting I, choice, I guess but I like it. it. Also on my fantasy to... team. Come on. Ah, shout out to the Shankball League. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of loyal listeners there. Gotta You'll love, love to see that type of thing. I love it. Um, all right, Terrain, uh, let's head over to the American League. And who do you think's putting the Cy Young in the AL? So we spoke about this man just earlier on the segment, uh, earlier on the, on the episode. And another guy finished pretty high up there last year. His name is Uncle Chuck Morton. Ladies and gentlemen, Charlie Morton. He's a big dude coming in at 6'5", 215 pounds. So what he was able to do last year uh, with the Rays, and he made the All-Star team, finished you know top five in the Cy Young. Uh, dude pitched to tune of a three ERA, and overall, I feel like the guy just kind of flings the ball. He's got a good supporting cast with him, um, who's going to help kind of challenge him. Um, I like seeing stacked rotations because I feel like they kind of start to push each other. They have some intra-team challenges going on, um, but overall, I'm going with Chucky Morton on this one. Very nice. Um, I think one thing that I, I wanted to mention uh, earlier about Charlie Morton, I, I think I think Charlie Morton's a good pick for this. Uh, I think he benefits from a, a shortened season as well. Uh, older guy, uh, has had some health concerns in the past, I believe. So I think it will benefit him. Uh, you don't have to worry about him wearing out over the course of a long season. It's just 16 games, folks. And Charlie Morton, uh, he was nasty last year. Uh, so for me, you know, I have the Yankee bias, you know, I want to pick Garrett Cole and under normal circumstances I would, but for the fun of the podcast, I'm not going to take Garrett Cole. Man. I am going to take a man who has been really good the past few years. Uh, you know him, you love him. And his name is Mike Clevenger, Mikey Clevenger. Folks. I really think Clevenger, he had some time to, uh, to get healthy. He wasn't going to be ready for the start of the year. Um, but I think this guy strikes out a lot of guys. Um, he's going to get some easier matchups to hopefully uh, lower that ERA against the NL Central since they'll be playing them a decent amount. Um, I, I just think the guy is poised for a big year. Um, had a really good year last year. Uh, and I think uh, it's his time, folks. So I'm going Mike Clevenger. A.L. Cy Young, like but you know Garrett Cole is actually going to win. So, folks, you'd love to see that. Olten, on to you. What do we feel? Uh, I, I love the Clevenger pick. I don't know if you guys remember what we were talking before. The real season was supposed to start back in March. Clevenger was my preseason pick for Cy Young, and then the injury happened, and then the season was delayed. So uh, I've had a lot of time to think, and I have changed my pick from my Clevenger. Folks. And I have switched it to the one and only Frankie Montas from the Oakland Athletics. Frankie boy. Folks, nobody saw this coming. I Me mean, picking Frankie boy. 
Now, let me just say, he was absolutely filthy last year before the steroid suspension. Before the suspension, he was 9-2 and two with a 2.63 ERA. In 96 innings, he had 103 Ks. This man has great stuff, has an elite fastball, and I think that he's going to come back nicely post-suspension. Uh, he pitched one game at the end of the last season, came back, six innings, one run ball. You love to see it. I think he's ready to go. Old and I respect the pick, but, you know, you really hate to see it. The guy fucking cheated. you got to be wondering how he put up those numbers, and I think it's pretty friggin' clear. Okay, moving on to the MVP choices, ladies and gents. We're going to go in reverse order, so uh, we're going to go NL first uh, this time around. So for the uh, AL, let's, go, let's start with the AL. Um, for AL, I'm going to go with, for the MVP, obviously Trout is the obvious answer. But I'm going to go with, and too much of, uh, too much, to, to my dismay, if that's even the right term to use, um, I'm going with Glaber Torres, and I know the big dog is going to love that pick, but the baby man himself, the thing that keeps... What are you doing? The thi- uh, he, and he, here's the thing. I love it, Uncle Trey. Preach about here's it. Here's the thing. The kid is 23 years old, and you saw what he did in his rookie season in 2018. You saw what he did last year in 2019, both all-star years. At 22 years old, the dude hit 38 homers, with 90 ribeyes. Granted, you know, Yankee Stadium, Wiffle Ball Park, sure, either way, but then, you know, when it comes down to it, it's, it's all about the numbers. So having just yet another year under his belt, you saw the sophomore slump was not a thing. Gleyber Torres, I think, is going to be a force to be reckoned with. One more year, again, under his belt. He's developing more. You're still growing when you're in your 20s. So the fact that this dude's body is still growing, this dude's body, this dude is still putting on more muscle, He's coming in at 23 years old. I feel like he's going to have an absolute like record-shattering year, uh, given a shortened season. We'll 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 see what happens. Uh, Mike, I can see a smart in you absolute sack of shit, but you know I had to go with it. Love the pick, Uncle Tran. I mean, Glaber Torres. Uh, he was going to probably be my my pick in the in the free MLB like 162 season. Uh, I think he is poised for a big year. Uh, I think he is sandwiched beautifully between Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton because it looks like he's going to hit third from the ga- from the from the gates this year and uh, there's no doubt about it that he is uh, in a position to have a really good year uh, should he take advantage of it but I'm actually going elsewhere in the lineup I'm mm. not leaving the lineup I'm staying in there I am going with the same pick that I brought to you last year I can't stray away from it folks I will not rest until he wins one he was wrongfully robbed of it in 2017 and just based on the few at-bats that I've been able to see him take, if he stays healthy, folks, he's on a mission. He's ready to dominate, uh, is the words of Aaron Boone. And I think it's Aaron Judge taking home the AL MVP. Uh, he is a war darling, uh, which is important for the voters because he is a really good defender um, alongside his unbelievable hitting skills. You know he's going to have the high OBP. You know he's going to hit a lot of home runs. I'm going Aaron Judge, and I will not stop. I will not rest until he wins the MVP, yeah, folks. Yeah. On to you All right, well, I'm going to leave the division. I'm going to leave you both behind. Go for it. I'm moving, I'm moving to the AL Central. I'm picking the kid, Francisco Lindor, Cleveland Indians. Okay, He's got great pop. He's got great fielding abilities. He's an excellent base runner. Uh, I think the Indians are going to have a very nice year with this shortened season, Bieber and Clevenger. So he's on a good team. That'll definitely help him with the votes. 
Um, and as we've seen in the past, voters like to rob the Yanks of MVP awards. See Derek Jeter versus Justin Morneau. See Aaron Judge versus Jose Altuve. So, it's going to Lindor. I like it. And I'm looking forward to it. I like the pick. I like the pick. And it's now, pick. to top it off, moving over to the NL for the MVP, ladies and gents. Uncle Train's going to go with a pretty stable pick. Not going too far out of my uh, comfort comfort zone here. We're going with Ronald Acuna Jr. for, Jr. for similar reasons as to why I picked the baby man. Uh, again, same, almost the same age. I think he's a couple days younger than the baby man himself. Um, and Acuna, what I really want to see him do... Uh, maybe not this season, but you know, next season. I want to see him go for a 50-50 with 50 dongs and 50 stolen bases. Obviously, it's not going to happen in the shortened season, but the potential that you see um, for jam-packing so many stats and numbers into one single season with Ronnie Acuna, you see the pop, you see the speed, uh, you see the defensive prowess that he's got. The dude also hits for average. All around, just one of the most well-rounded players I think I've seen play the game since Trout uh, first came into the league. So... Uh, very excited to see what he could do, albeit not really on the Braves, but, you know, take what we can get, right? So, we're watching good baseball regardless of whether it's a division rival or not. You hate to see it. You absolutely have to love it, though, at the same time. Big Dog, what do you got to say? Oh, man. So, you're going with a boring pick. I'm going to also have to, unfortunately, go with a boring pick. I'm going back to a, def- uh, you know, a champion of this award from two years ago. Would have had a really good chance at it if he did not get hurt towards the end of last year for the final month. But he is just so good, and we've, well, we've seen him just absolutely dominate the past couple of years. I'm going Christian Yelich. Uh, he's fast. He's a great fielder. He's a great hitter. Uh, I, I just can't pick anyone else. Uh, there's a couple Dodgers and Bellinger and Betts that are going to have really good shots at it also. But I'm, uh, I'm going chalk here and, and picking Christian Yelich. I think he's a really great player and he's got a really good chance to get this of done of course uh old then on to you for the last pick uh, I, I definitely like the yellow pick unfortunately i'm gonna have to agree with uncle train again the second time this segment i am distraught i am very upset this is a disaster but acuna's consistency is going to be very key uh for the braves this season and i think that the more consistent players this year are going to have an edge in the awards over some of like the heavy boppers that you would normally see up there uh, just because of the streakiness that yep. comes with those type of players. Yep. Uh, so I like Acuna's consistency. I like the speed, the power. He gives you everything you can want in a player, and uh, he's super exciting. So Absolutely. I'm going to go with Acuna. It's, a good, it's, a, it's an unbelievable choice, Matthew. Uh, and once again, Matt, thanks for, thanks for joining uh, the episode today. I hope you enjoy your brand new spanking new studio. Uh, use it in good health. Hopefully, we'll have you on many more episodes. Thanks for having me, fellas. I appreciate it. Of course. Big dog, it's been a pleasure as always. Uh, some good banter, you know, as we always have, you know. Unbelievable stuff, folks. It's good stuff, folks. Education connection, you gotta love it. Um, Toys R Us, use that Jeffrey money wisely. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for another episode. We love you. We will see you soon. God bless.